0: Is verses eighteen through twenty. Uh, but I'm going to go back and just read our passage from last week with it. So I'm going to start in verse thirteen of Matthew chapter sixteen. All the kids are stuffed up. <laughs> Made the rounds. It's making it the rounds. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 16 today. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. his disciples and they that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ Lord we're so grateful once again can't thank you enough for your word spoken to us Lord revealing your will to us and uh, Lord help us to be excited about your word and to understand your word and for it to sink deep into our hearts and minds that we would know it that you would use it that we would be fertile soil that you would use your word to transform us to produce the fruits of righteousness in us to know you better to be confident in who you are we pray for our time in your word and we praise you help us to be joyful during this time lord and thank you in jesus name amen so the last couple that weeks we, as we've been hearing God's word, we've been talking about the all-sufficiency of Jesus always for everything. The all-sufficiency of Jesus always for everything. So that sort of Christ-centeredness is the very foundation of the church. Jesus laid this foundation for the church with the question that he asked the apostle Peter. Verse 15, Who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, Verse 16, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what makes a church a church. It starts with confessing Jesus as Son of the living God, the Christ. Jesus is God the King. He who is and gives life. When this is the confession that is boldly and gladly believed, right, within the heart, Romans chapter 10, verse 10, and confessed with the mouth, then this is a place where a church can start, live, and grow. Okay? Uh, th- this is encouraging me about our church, right? Right? This is our clear confession. This is a place where the church can start, live, and grow. This bold and glad belief in Jesus as the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, God, the King, is the foundation of the church. The church is unhealthy when it is indecisive and apathetic about Jesus. But when the church is decisive and emphatic about Jesus, then the church is healthy and well. A place where the church can start, live, and grow. Jesus confirms Peter's confession. Verse 17 Flesh and blood did not reveal that I am the Christ to you, Peter. It was the work of my heavenly Father that you were able to make your confession. Right? Human nature, flesh and blood, is not able to know God's Christ. Only God can know God. We looked at that verse last week, Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. Jesus says, no man knows the Father except the Son, and no man knows the Father unless the Son reveals him. Okay? So only God can give knowledge of God. Only God can enable faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus as Christ is a gift from God, right? This encourages the church. And so God himself confirms to us that confessing Jesus as the Christ, God the King, is the foundation of the church. Because the truth about what is the foundation, Jesus, right? This truth only originates From God. Right? So if you know this truth, it's a better blessing from God. God confirms this truth, right? So let's look at the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, uh, just a couple verses in there today. Chapter 3, 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll read verses 10 through 11. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ okay flesh and blood is not capable of laying the foundation of the church only Jesus is the foundation of the church it is Christ centeredness Christ pointing right that builds the church Disciples and communities who modestly, tirelessly, and faithfully point to Jesus as it are disciples and communities that Jesus honors by using to build up his church. Christ-centeredness is the key to church building. Right? We talked, we've been talking about this a lot. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus says, follow me. Right? And what? And what? And I will make you fishers of men. Christ-centeredness is the key to church building. Alright? Back to our passage for today. Our, our new passage. Matthew chapter 16. Our new verses today. Verses 18 through 20. Lord Jesus, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay? So, in this verse, who is it that builds Christ's church? Right? Jesus says it. I will build my church. Okay? The exclusive church builder is the living Christ himself it's it is not Peter or any other disciple like him who builds Christ's Church it is Jesus himself who uses disciples and our pointing of others to him right but Jesus builds his own church I will build my own church he says the church, it's Jesus's property. It's his building. The church does not belong to Peter, his successors, or to any other church leaders. The church belongs to Jesus Christ exclusively and entirely. Jesus is the living Lord. He is able and capable to build his own community. The church's mission is simply and loyally to point others to him, right? Jesus is the answer to all of our questions, all of the world's questions, right? And even the gates of hell, death, will not be able to withstand this church, right? So our view, even of the church is guilty of this, Right? Our view of this world is wrong. Right? Satan and hell and death aren't the thing that is advancing. Right? It's Jesus' church that is advancing. Right? Right in this verse. And the gates of hell, stationary, right, will not prevail against it. Jesus' church is advancing. Jesus is the answer to the final and most painful of all human questions. Jesus is the answer to death. The resurrected living Jesus will give his church the strength to endure and persevere, persevere through any of life's trials, even that of death. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. We sung this today, right? And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Okay? The gates of hell will not be able to withstand Jesus and his church. No matter what we have to deal with, the doors of the world of death will not be stronger than the church. Right? This is a promise from Jesus himself. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 16. And I will give unto thee, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, thou shalt be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Okay? So what are the keys of the kingdom of heaven? Okay? Peter has already used these keys back in verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? So what Peter has just done with Jesus in this verse, he points to him as the Christ. This is the use of the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Right there. That confession of Jesus as Christ. Wherever Jesus is pointed to with faith, The doors to heaven, life open. Okay? Or when Jesus is refused, the doors are closed. In judgment, hell, death. Okay? Whatever you bind here on earth will have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose here on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay? So to loose something means to permit it. To bind something means to forbid it. Think about a collar and a leash on a dog. To loosen up the leash means to permit the dog. To bind or tighten the leash means to forbid the dog. Okay. By Jesus' own authority, his teaching of his disciples in this passage, Jesus is warning us of unbelief in the message about him, in his message. If we don't have faith in Jesus, deny that he is the Christ. If we don't follow and obey Jesus, the doors to the kingdom of heaven, life will be closed. They'll be bound. But if we have faith in Jesus, profess that he is the Christ. If we follow and obey Jesus, the doors to the kingdom of heaven, life will be opened, loosed. Okay? Wherever Jesus is pointed to with faith, the doors to heaven, life, open. Or when Jesus is refused, the doors are closed. In judgment, hell, death. Quote, Jesus wants to encourage his easily despised little church that God stands behind her ministry of the gospel's key words. Peter should know that when he preaches Jesus' gospel, he is not giving human opinions or offering interesting options. Jesus is building his church not only through and upon Peter's words, on this rock I will build my church, but Jesus' father stands behind and over Peter's words, accepting those whom Peter accepts, and rejecting those whom Peter rejects, right? And these are respectively those who accept or reject Peter's message of Jesus as ultimate, okay? Here, in this passage, Peter and the new people of God, right? Jesus' disciples, succeed Abraham and the ancient people of God As the mediators of faith and as the means of grace in the world. Right? God told Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now Jesus tells his disciples, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, he who receives you receives me. Okay? So Jesus' promise to his church. Of giving them the keys of heaven is intended to give his church a sense of its worth. God has given his church the keys to heaven, to life everlasting. To those who reject the church's message of Jesus God the King, the door to heaven, to life everlasting is closed. But to those who accept the church's message of Jesus God the King, the door to heaven, life everlasting, is opened. Right? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. And truth and life is only experienced by entering into the one ultimate door, that is Jesus himself. This is the key, right? The ministry, the blessed, God-given message to his church. Our last verse today, Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. Then charged or commanded he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. The reason for this command will become clear in the next paragraph, but it can be spelled out briefly now. Jesus is the Christ, but not the kind of Christ that even believers often think he is. He is the answer, but a strange one. It is not yet time for the disciples to go out and preach Jesus as the Christ because they will mix this message up with their incorrect and mainly political opinions about what a Christ is. As Peter, in fact, is just about to do in the next passage, verses 21 through 23. Okay? So like we said a couple weeks ago, Peter knows the first half of the gospel, right? That Jesus is the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, God the King, the answer, the point, the last word, the meaning, Jesus is it, all of it. But Peter still must learn the second half of the gospel, that the Christ must suffer, die, and rise again. Okay? The disciples know who Jesus is, but they do not yet know the main purpose of Jesus' ministry. Right? That he has to suffer, die, and rise again. Okay? But the main point of our ministry, right? The church's ministry, Jesus makes clear. It is to be decisive and emphatic about whom Jesus is. Because Christ-centeredness is not only the foundation of the church, it is the whole church building. He said it in today's passage, right? Jesus said, he is building his church. The church is a community that proclaims Jesus confidently. The church is healthy and well when we do what we were built to do, right? Proclaim Jesus confidently. Let's pray.